What's going on, everybody? It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rose Show. At time of recording, it is Thursday, December 15th, 2016, and on the phone, via FaceTime audio, making a return appearance on the pod, is my good friend Jacob Kinder. Jake, say hi to the people. What up? (laughs) Uh, Jake and I are really hyped for this pod. It's been a long time coming. Today, you and I are going to count down our favorite albums and songs of the year. One important disclaimer that Jake and I feel obligated to mention before we dive into this. We are not professional music critics, and thus, we have not listened to nearly as many albums as the people who actually get paid to make these lists. We're simply two dudes who love music and equally love the discussion and analysis of it, and in my case, love the sound of our own voice. So, that's gonna... but But you should definitely still listen to us. But yeah, absolutely, you should still listen to us because it's really fun and because these are really good albums and songs. We also like want. We're not critics, but fuck Pitchfork's top 100. Listen to this. Show. <laughs> <laughs> and we also wanted to take a moment, uh, a bit of a somber moment, to acknowledge the passing of Craig Sager, who finally uh, passed away after a long struggle with leukemia today. And the NBA family has been tweeting out and just expressing their love for Craig, and it's been. Uh, a bit of a long time coming because we, we knew that, that he didn't have very much longer. That's why he had the ESPYs tribute. I'm certainly always going to remember Craig fondly for the suits and for KG telling him to burn it and for uh, his antics with Greg Popovich. Uh, Jake, what are you going to miss most about Sager? Uh, his, him and Pop's relationship was, was amazing. I, I, I try to you know take all my life advice and you know, from Pop. So, if Pop loves a dude, I love that dude too. It's a very good piece of life advice. Right. Just, just do as Greg Popovich do. Yeah. Especially when what it comes. What would Pop do? And mm-hmm. we taught. So I, I didn't want to dwell on that because this is a year where we've lost a lot of people. We were, we were talking. Uh, I don't know if this is messed up or not. We were talking about doing several year-end pods and maybe doing one where we list off the top people we lost this year because we've lost so many. And Craig is just the latest on the list. I, I remember looking at it. We both looked it up the other day. It was like Prince, Bowie, uh, Alan Rickman, Craig Sager, and Ali, I think, are the five big ones, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. And that's not even mentioning Gene Wilder, Leonard, Leonard Cohen, Fife Dog, Jose Fernandez, Anton Yelchin. Anyway, just just uh, rest in peace to all the people we lost this year. But now we're going to jump into the real meat, the real reason we're here, and that's the best songs and albums of 2016. So we talked beforehand and decided that we'd rather do an in-depth discussion. What does that sound? <laughs> Is that on my end? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a quiet apartment for <laughs> Oh, man, this is a mystery. We talked beforehand and decided that we'd rather do an in-depth discussion about fewer songs and albums rather than just briefly summarizing a higher number of them. So this is going to be a top five list of both songs and albums. It took me a while to narrow these lists down. I'm sure it did for you, too, but I think that's part of the fun. So first off, Jake, which of these lists was harder for you to make? Mm. (laughs) Is the answer both? Good question. Uh, I... Uh, probably songs. Songs was probably harder. All right. So that determines that we're going to save songs for last and do albums first because I think that songs was a little bit harder for me too just in terms of getting rounding out the top five because you have to leave off so many good songs from like six to yeah. 20. And yeah, that's ridiculous. Because 
the way this is going to work is uh, you're going to re- reveal your number five, then we'll talk about it, then I'll reveal my number five, and we'll go back and forth. I'm also assuming that we're going to have some uh, some overlap, so we'll simply move on to the next one if uh, there's a repeat, or just reiterate how much we like a certain album. So, here we go, Jake. That, that was a nice little four-minute preamble. What is yeah. your number five album of 2016? Uh, so this album is... I think is pretty slept on, kind of flown a little bit under the radar. The artist isn't really well known. It's um, the life of Pablo. By <laughs> so, so yeah, as as kind of the most listened to album of 2016, probably for me, I felt like it had to make it on the list, even though I think there are better albums. I mean, there are more than you know five albums that are better than T-Lop. Mm-hmm. But I felt kind of, uh, you know, almost like a religious duty to, you know, the God of Ye to, to include him on my list. What about you? Uh, what do you think about this album? I, we have the same number five album. Uh, oh no shit! We have the same number five album, uh, Life of Pablo. <laughs> we just had to have him on there. We and uh, it, it was. We both don't believe it's the fifth best album of the year, but. We put it on there. Am I right? I mean, it's it's. We discussed it because the, as the two of us wrote a co-review of it. It's the only album that we, the only blog post we've written together was a review of this album, and oh, we true. we agreed that it's a mess of of all yeah. of Kanye's albums. It's just the least uh, cohesive entity of an album. It's a mess, and it's got really really high peaks and really strange weird low valleys. And yeah. uh, there's uh, highlights and lowlights, you could say. But I, I think that... Yikes. Oh, uh, yeah, yikes. <laughs> Glad I'm here. <laughs> but I ultimately, just sort of by by sheer force of personality and, and uh, Kanye still makes compelling music, I, I don't know if there's uh, a more hype moment of the entire like musical year than uh, when Future says, "If Young Metro don't trust you, I'ma shoot you." I think that, and it it helps that it's also the only album uh, of these lists, at least in my case, that I've seen live. Yeah, that's that's uh, actually that's not true for me, As, but but it but it was without a doubt the best live performance and that I've seen maybe ever. Yeah, it's it's way up there, and just. To, it, and it, the the live concert of Life of Pablo, and I heard this uh, said by a friend of mine. It's almost like a, a just a huge group listening party, and yeah. and 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 Kanye doesn't really make it about him in a weird way because he, it's just it's him on a stage. But really, the the most brightly lit part of the entire arena that uh, we both were in is the, directly underneath the stage. The people underneath the stage that aren't even seeing Kanye, they're just listening to the music with friends and beating the crap out of each other it's yeah i i love like 10 of the songs on the album uh as you'll we'll find out when we get to songs our top five songs but i think that he has this incredible creative director side to him that's always been one of the coolest parts like he said like he said on last call you know you call him quali or quali i'll put him on songs with jay-z I'm the Gap Like Banana Republican Old Navy. So he puts, uh, uh, he does an, an Arthur Russell sample and puts uh, Andre on there on 30 Hours to just sort of harmonize and make a three-minute outro. He'll put Kendrick Lamar over the top of whatever the heck that uh, No More Parties in L.A. sample is, that gorgeous. That That is, is I think, 
the I think it's the second best song on the album. Uh, and Kendrick is it, it's nice to hear all the people that matter in 2016 are still on the album, except for Young Thug, who is in a <laughs> who's in a demo version of Famous that didn't actually make the cut. So now there yeah, there there are two demo versions of Famous that we think we might like more <laughs> than the actual version. Because Chance's version still isn't released. Chance released right. Nina Chop. But... Yeah, uh, I mean... I'll, go ahead. Just just one thing, and I know we could talk about Pablo forever. Um, but, I mean, you said you said earlier that, you know, by sheer force of personality... I mean, I also think Kanye is still a really good musician. Mm-hmm. Like, he hasn't, he hasn't lost that yet. And, of course, that was kind of the fear post-Yeezus that, like, maybe this was this was kind of it for him that you know i mean you and i both liked jesus but we understood that it was kind of a step down from his previous work Mm -hmm. and and i remember both of you or both of us rather um just feeling like an overwhelming sense of relief when pablo came out and it just didn't suck (laughs) we we were like this is not that this is not when it happens the fall from grace is not here yet Right. It was like, you know, when you're like your child gets into a basketball game, not that either of us um, have copulated yet, but um, right. like your child gets into a basketball game and you just like hope he doesn't like trip over his own shoelaces. That's that's but. essentially uh, Kanye is that is that child. And uh, he, he, he didn't trip over his own shoelaces. Uh, I mean, at least not, not at least I was literally about to say at least not musically he, he he might he might in terms of just everything else he might have just fallen on his face but uh yeah. you know that that is one thing that it, it, it the great thing about Kanye is the whole discussion about separating artists from art you kind of can't separate that discussion from discussion about him because you have yeah. to you have to talk about whether you do that with him because because we kind of can't because I, I and I think the whole point of him is that you don't, but that is why he's so polarizing because he does things like you know not vote and then say I didn't vote, but if I would vote, I did vote, I would have voted for Donald Trump, and then meet with Donald Trump and then tweet that he was talking about violence in Chicago with him. Like okay, right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it was. It was. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, we can move on. It was. It was my. It was my number five album of the year too, and. Uh, I, I, I think that these four albums are better than it. I'll, I'm going to go... We'll go Snake, so I'll go four, and then you'll do four, and then you do three, you know? Uh, I My number four album of the year uh, was the er, came out very early in the year, and this dude, I think, has just sort of won 2016, or one of the winners of 2016, and that's Anderson Pock and his album Malibu, which yeah. is kind of a perfect blend of all the things that Anderson Pock does well between instrumentation and singing and rapping and being a part of the like soul R&B revival that uh, Chance and others have was that the sync <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, have have helped usher along and Anderson Puck is a late bloomer. He's like uh, the John Hamm of the music industry because he's 30 years old. He's he's just very much not Ray Shermerd, you know. He he's more seasoned than that, and I love he's the the R and B Danny Brown. That's a good just one. A little less gross. I like that. A little less, a little little more teeth, and <laughs> I think that he's so his music is just makes you want to get up and move. And it's really nice to have songs like that because I love to dance and I also love to sing along. His voice is also just has a bass 
like a base level of raspiness that is in every single word he says or talks that I enjoy hearing in singers so that even songs I don't like by him, I love listening to hear him sing them. I don't know if you listen to the album much, but... Um, I think clearly not as much as you. Um, but, like, Pac is, is one of those dudes that, like, whenever you hear him on a feature, you instantly know it's him, and you instantly get excited. Absolutely. Like, like uh, on one of the the tracks on the Tribe album... The Mo- Tribe moving, album. moving backwards. Right. Like, he just, like... He just comes in on that song. Yeah, he put he put he pushes the track out of the way. way. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. So even even not being kind of like a huge fan of him or you know not like an avid listener of Malibu, I still I still very much appreciate him and his talent. And I I thought that the standout uh, tracks from it, "Come Down," which is the uh, sort of James Browny bass heavy song that the NBA uses as their bumps for NBA on ESPN sometimes now, and uh, the song "Am I Wrong" with Schoolboy Q, which is just got I think it got used in a an either an Apple or a Google commercial, and just with some horns and some pulsating keys, and you just you just can't you you make you you like squinch up your eyes and shake your head and just start moving and it's probably my favorite kind of music is just music that makes you want to move so that's that's my number four album what was your number four album of the year my number four album of 2016 was there's a lot going on by Vic Mensa wow right curveball huh curveball this is why I was this is why I'm glad that we didn't tell each other uh, all of our lists before we got on here so talk to me about Vic Mensa's album so Vic Mensa's album was an EP. It's seven tracks. It was kind of supposed to be a preamble um, for his new release that is yet to come yet. Or, yeah, <laughs> that is yet to come out. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's fucking great. I mean, it's, it's full of beautiful production. Um, it's, it's kind of weird in that it, it starts off with this track that basically says... You know, you know. Thanks, Kanye, but good music's not good enough for me, and I'm the king of Rockefeller now. Um, the second track is kind of this beautiful, angry, um, radical song about the shooting and killing of Laquan McDonald. Yep. Um, and and the next song is about like his, you know, his kind of addiction to crazy women and how that like fucks him up, and like it's just kind of this this whirlwind um but every song is great i mean it's seven tracks long but every song is great and it's not full length and it's hella slapped on yeah very very all these lists and it's nowhere to be found and and i think part of it is like he's he's like this young cat from chicago and chance is just exploding right now yeah it's a there, there can only be one right Right, yeah, like like at least for like mainstream popularity, um, and like Vic is also like this troubled dude who like had had like charges against him for like violence against women, and is just like yeah, he he's just not as like affable and like as appealing to the mainstream as someone like Chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, he's just hella slept on, but this album is amazing, and everyone out there should go on. Seven tracks. That's in- it's interesting because I didn't I, I on 
just when I was making the list, I didn't really consider any of the, and we've had a bunch of good EPs this year, like Vince Staples releasing Prima Donna and, uh, and obviously Vic Mensa. What's the name of it again? There's a lot going on. That's a pretty, pretty apt title for 2016, right? There is a lot going on. Which of the songs, I remember seeing a video for one of the songs. Is it the one about Laquan McDonald that has a video? I'm not sure. I, I don't know, actually. I'm glad. I'm glad that the two of us are professionally prepared for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's your number four album of the year. And which is your favorite of the seven songs? So that that was hard because I, you know, I tried to sneak one of them into my top five songs, and none of them ended up making it because I think pretty much all of them are great, and none of them is like fantastic. Um, I think. It's probably a tie between the title track, There's a Lot Going On, um, and uh, Danger. Danger. All right. I, I'm going to have to give that a couple more listens because I've only heard like little snippets of it. But Vic Mensa, just from him being on Wolves and being on Chance's album and the, the things that we've heard of Vic, we like him. I, I don't know if he's quite the, the king of rock, the head of Rockefeller yet, but yeah. that's, that's a bold claim to make. But what is... We'll, we'll keep it moving right along, Jake. What's your number three album of the year? So, yeah, this is my first uh, non-Chicago rap album. <laughs> and, uh, this is a January release, so it's been quite a while, but untitled, unmastered by mm. The Goat. Mm, mm, mm. So I think you can you can also and, call this an EP. Yeah, right? abso- absolutely you could call it an EP. Yeah. Eight tracks, um, and, and, and yes, by The King. Yeah, we don't even. I we I, don't, we don't even have to say. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to say. He's he's the best rapper alive. He's on track to be the best rapper ever. Next, he's LeBron. Yeah, it's it's and and it's uh, fitting that he is LeBron because LeBron is kind of the person who uh, sparked the release of it. And yeah. it, uh, he tweeted, he was like, Kendrick, I haven't heard some uh, new stuff from you since Pimp a Butterfly. You got to share more of that genius. And then less than a week later, he dropped Untitled Unmastered on us. And yeah. insane. You you stand by the fact that uh, the th- and that Untitled Three is your favorite, right? You know, I actually don't know. You don't know anymore? I remember us I, trying to make a list, like order them, and it was impossible. Yeah, it was it was nearly impossible. Um, I mean, it's it's just insane that like these are the tracks that didn't make it. You know? Yeah. Like how? <laughs> how? Like when you when when you hear Untitled Two, and as soon as he says "Get God on the phone" and that thing drops, you you just. It's it's just wave after wave after wave of reminder as to I I am still the king, yeah. <laughs> and the the live performances of the tracks first on Colbert and then on Fallon, uh, like that preluded it only sort of enhanced the mystique of the album. The fact that it's got a very minimalist uh, green brown album cover and the fact that it's called Untitled Unmastered and then he can be like yeah my little sketches of songs are way better than everything anybody else is doing yeah and like the tracks don't have names he's like they're not good enough to have names even though they're better than 99% of what's out there and he has little tiny snippets from other people like on CeeLo on the fifth track going I can't explain which is great (laughs) and he had I personally like the eighth one Blue Faces which uh he sort of sort of performed on Colbert, like half half that and half something else. I or no, yeah. 
he half performed the one on Fallon is like a mixture of a couple other ones where he goes Super right. Saiyan at the end. He, I, I mean, between that and all the guest verses, and one of those guest verses snuck into my top five songs. I'm sure you could guess which one. Uh, is 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 he? He still has the title belt. I know that this was the year of Chance and the year of Beyonce and the year of Anderson Pack. He's he's still the dude. <laughs> he's still the most. Him and Beyonce are the two most important artists making music, and he didn't he didn't forget to remind us of that. And oh, without a doubt, and. That I think that that's all we have to say. Uh, my number three, my number three album of the year is "A Seat at the Table" by Solange, and it's uh, probably the most my, my favorite uh, uh, origin story of any of these albums. My favorite uh, front to back listen of any of these albums. I think it's the the most uh, uh, fluid and most perfect. It's almost and it's almost impossible not to compare it to Lemonade. To Beyonce's album because they're sisters and because they have so many overlapping themes but I want to try and just talk about Solange because her crafting an album's identity is so important and the whole album just I, I just picture her marching I picture her marching sort of like bare, barefoot when I listen to the album because she is got she, I, I, it, it's so poised the album is so poised and calmly addresses all these things and I love that it has the inner, the eight interludes, five of them with Master P, one of them with her mom, one of them with her dad, and then one of them with uh, Kelly Rowlands where they're singing about Black Girl Magic and it, it felt necessary uh, at the time it came out at the end of September right as we were heading into the home stretch of the election for her to be like all these things she 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 completely dismisses she breaks down a bunch of stereotypes she breaks down the the mad black girl stereotype on the song mad with little Wayne she breaks down black girl hair on don't touch my hair which is inc- has an incredible video where her and Sampha are just dancing in the middle of it yeah and she has cranes in the sky where she talks about how she tried to deal with uh, what it's like being a black woman with all sorts of different addictions. It's so raw and so her and her. She carved out her. She finally found out who she was musically because all her stuff before that was super bland, and it was magical. I love that album. Yeah, I had, I had never listened to anything by her before this. Well, so, I so I'd only I'd only this was kind of the introduction. I'd only heard sparing songs, so yes, it was more or less an introduction for me too. And uh, what an introduction! Did yeah. Did you have a favorite song on uh, Seat of the Table? Uh, Cranes. Yeah. I, mean, I know that's, that's oh. kind of the typical choice, oh. but goddamn. And <laughs> and for I, I believe that uh, a bunch of people I, I that that Beyonce had her hand in a couple of the songs. Raphael Sadiq, uh, she she was. Just so fo- apparently, apparently, she wrote "Cranes in the Sky" in 2008. So it's been a long time coming, yeah. uh, and that's the third time I've said "long time coming" on this podcast. But it's all it's <laughs> applicable, and I hope that uh, I was really excited to see that she f- got a bunch of recognition for it. And I love the the album art, which is just a solemn picture of her and her hair down and. Yeah, it just marches. Beyonce's album struts and Solange marches, and it's totally fitting for the two of them. So that was my number three album of the year. And we're going to move it right along because I lied earlier when I said that Life of Pablo was the only album I'd seen live this year because I got a chance, ha, to see Coloring Book by Chance the Rapper live in person. (laughs) 
a couple months ago, and that is my number two album of the year. And I mean, I can let you go first talking about this because I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just fucking go on. Yeah. Um, shit. <laughs> shit. Shit is right. It just makes you feel. Yeah. I. 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 I think. If, if the rest of the world finally found out what Chance fans have been feeling for so long, and that's just that you feel like life has purpose when you listen to Chance. Well, yeah, it's like um, I mean, so many people I've I've talked to have like wondered if Chance has anything else besides coloring book, and just like I, like I almost get like frustrated just like knowing like the the wealth that like has been like uncovered by all these people that are getting into chance for the first time. Yeah. For, for them, imagine coloring book being the first thing you ever hear by chance and then going back and realizing he's got two more masterpieces back there. Yeah. It's I, yeah, w- 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 like, which I think are arguably better than coloring. Book. You, you remain, you think that, uh, uh, his best work is 10 day and then acid rap and then coloring book. Right. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, that ten is your favorite, which is amazing to me because I love ten day. I also, <laughs> I, I, I also love the the evolution of the album artwork where ten day the sky behind Chance is blue and he's looking up, and then the sky is pink and he's looking straight out, and now the sky is sort of reddish pink and he's looking down at his daughter, and yeah. it's just. Uh, even though he goes from it's it's fitting because he goes from looking up to looking down because he's ascended he's finally made it and uh, he had uh, my favorite live performance on any like that was on TV this year was the tribute he did to Muhammad Ali at the ESPYS uh, called I Was a Rock which did I, I thought even though that was the only time it's been performed and there's no studio version I thought about putting on my top five songs list <laughs> I really, really thought about it. Uh, <laughs> didn't quite make it, but yeah, he because because everything that he does, whether you watch him dance, you watch him talk, you watch him sing, you watch him rap, it puts he he he's clearly believes in people and believes in faith so much that you almost by osmosis get some of that faith in humanity back in you, which is something that a lot of people needed a lot of in 2016. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I loved about him was, and this has been true throughout his career, um, but the way that he carries people with him yes. uh, through his success, um, you know, splitting splitting the album name with Donnie Trumpet and, you know, prominently displaying him wherever the fuck he goes, constantly shouting him out in all his tracks. And then, yeah, just like bringing, bringing No Name along, bringing Vic along like in the early days putting, you know, Yachty and Thug, you know, on on his tracks. I mean, he's, I mean, he might really be the only one who really cares king. about cover art. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> uh, when you heard Mixtape for the first time, did you ever think you'd hear a little Yachty ever again? <laughs> no. I, I did not. Like one, he was like one of those dudes, like you know, like sci high. Yeah, you know, I like, I thought it was a flash in a pan, a man. Verse and then disappears into the into the. Savannah. It's really strange for me all these months later to go back and listen to mixtape and be like, oh, Yachty, now he's a thing. It's weird. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. But and it is a mixtape, and it's got. Uh, 
My, do you have a favorite song on on Coloring Book? Which is an impossible question. Um. Yeah, it's pretty impossible. I. I Same drugs. How, how great? How great? <laughs> I I think that's just because it's my favorite verse. It's probably not my favorite song, but. But it's your verse. But chances verse. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, we'll be talking about how great later in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just just might, and I think that. The emotional moments of it, uh, Blessings Part 2 and Same Drugs and... Special. And Special, yes. And special. Dr- oh, we forgot to mention Drum in terms of people he's helped bring along because... Absolutely. Uh, he went on tour with Drum and with Donnie and it's it's so great to see his the infectious happiness that pervades his music seep into all these other artists and then into all their fan bases. It's a really Absolutely. cool... It's a real kind of the coolest ripple effect that it has happened in music, and because it's, it's it's not an artificial happiness. No, you know, he, no. The reason he like, can like get... Chana talks about real shit all the fucking time, but his outlook is still one of optimism, which is which is rare. It's the reason he can get away with being such a freaking cornball, uh, because yeah. because it comes from a genuine place. If it didn't, people wouldn't like let him do that, and right. uh, that's why when I saw him live, he had a Muppet choir. And a, a huge lion with a red beard that had the, the voice of Haha Davis, the comedian who's like, "You ready, big fella?" And it, it's just it just makes dudes smile. And uh, what is your number two album of the year, Jake? So my number two album, gonna get out my iPhone. It is uh, "Teens of Denial" by Car Seat Headrest. Oh yeah, I I've seen. <laughs> This album all over all the year-end lists, and uh, I still haven't listened to it. Well, shit, man. Well, um, shit. So, so. T- I'm not, I, 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 sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just listening to you run the sink. <laughs> you know, a grown boy needs water. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 probably. I mean, probably with Pablo, it's my most listened to album of the year. I think it's by far the best indie album of the year if we're going to bring up genres Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. so it's um it's basically this dude named will toledo um who's been putting out music forever um he's he's a young cat but he's you know probably still you know our age will toledo and he finally got like a group of musicians around him that are super talented and he got studio backing and so this is like you know, Car Seat Headrest, technically, this is like their ninth album, but this is really their first album. Okay. Um, with kind of the backing necessary to make a real, a real good rock album. And it's just fucking awesome. Um, I mean, they, I mean, they're kind of, you know, on the ascendancy now. Um, I first heard them uh, on Colbert, which I thought they were really dope. Looked them up. They were playing at this local bar. Um, you know, auto bar in Baltimore. Yeah, the first yeah. bar, the first bar I ever got into because I went there when I was nineteen and uh, just handed them handed them my real ID and uh, just went <laughs> They're in. Just like fuck it. They just looked at my ID and it's it says under it, on my ID it said under twenty one until January 9th, uh, twenty fourteen, and they were like, all right, go ahead. Beautiful. <laughs> shouts to shouts doesn't get the auto bar shots. <laughs> yes, yeah, shouts to auto bar. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I saw them there. They fucking, you know, ripped up the place. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I just think the album, just front to back, is is beautiful, vulnerable. It 
fucking goes hard at times. Um, they were on, they did this really weird thing where they were on Fallon just a few weeks ago and like their big hit from the album, they played that, but they completely redid it. It was kind of like this like eight minute, like in the vein of Zeppelin, like rock ballad. And they changed it a lot and they like played it with the roots. Made it kind of like this three and a half minute version. And it was really, really good. And, and fucking Eddie Brown told me about it. Eddie! And was like, you have to listen to this. And so I did. And then I went on Spotify and they put out a studio version of it. Very cool. So they, they, they like had this like incredibly successful single, played it live, but like very differently, like almost so that it's not the same song, and then released that single post-album, which is like something I, that, at least to me, is completely unheard of. And what's the what's the name of that hit song again? Uh, Drunk drivers, killer whales. Drunk drivers, killer whales. Preach. And if is that your favorite song on the album? Uh, probably. Probably. And if you were, but it, it, does it also define like does the eight minute version or the three minute version? Does either of those encapsulate what the band sound is? Um, I I think like the probably the longer version does a better job of that. Just right. kind of like this like strokesy, like very like vulnerable um like narrator who like just like, you know, talks about being young and anxious and loving drugs um and can just play the shit out of the guitar. Fantastic. And that was your number two <laughs> and that was your number two album of the year. So before the two of us reveal our number one albums of the year. I wanted to give uh, you a chance and me a chance to throw out a bunch of honorable mentions to albums that uh, didn't quite make the cut. And uh, whether that's, in my case, 22 A Million by Bon Iver or Blank Face by Schoolboy Q, Jeffrey by Young Thug, uh, uh, Awake of My Love, Childish Gambino, uh, yes, Lod. The by no worries. Anderson Pock and Knowledge just, just ripping it up. God, I love that album. And uh, th- those are all the I tried to do honorable mentions that weren't albums that might be your your number one. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I hope. Enough. Um, I I probably just throw out you know Atrocity Exhibition. Oh, as oh. well. Um, by Danny Brown. Yeah. And yeah, you you hit most of them, I'd say. All right, and uh, view, views by Drake was uh, too long, but uh, shouts to uh, him for putting out an album in 2016 and uh, still being the Midas Touch hitmaker. Because he, he's <laughs> he's uh, he's not on either of these lists for me, but he's he's still got the Midas Touch. And Jake, uh, do you want to go first or should I? I mean, we got the same album, right? We got this. I think we have the same album. <laughs> I think we have the same album. Uh, why don't you tell the people what our number one album of 2016 is? Our number one album is Blonde by Frank Ocean. It's Blonde by Frank Ocean. And people who have listened to this podcast for a while might have predicted that because Blonde is the only album that got the full podcast treatment where me and three friends sat down and just basically gushed for 40 minutes about how much we love the album. And... I, the the reason it's number one for me is be, is partially because of the four year buildup and also because just nothing no other like person could possibly make this album <laughs> uh, yeah. 
and I'll, 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 I'll let you go for a little while. What did you love about Blonde and why is it number one? I mean, that's a good question. Um, and I think just, you know, there are, you know, unlike some of these albums that I think we've listed, um, we can kind of, you know, identify weak points or at least places that you know, seem a little bit out of place or where it kind of ebbs. Um, and I think this one is just kind of front to back great. And not only great, but like on message. Mm-hmm. Very like much on so. message, and it has like a consistent, you know, tone throughout it. Um, but still, like, explores a bunch of different shit, which is like, you know, very, very hard to do. I think. Um, you know, like the little music that plays during, during you know his mom's voicemail, which you know I think is beautiful and played for my own mom because it reminded me so much of you know. Things that she do used to not say to me. smoke marijuana. Do not consume <laughs> alcohol. Do not get in the car with someone who is inebriated. I love that. I love it. Uh, you know, lazy, stupid, and unconcerned. Uh, what is it? Lazy, sluggish, stupid, and unconcerned. <laughs> I, I remember listening to that for the first time and just kind of like nodding along with it. <laughs> well, like because because it was because it kind of had a rhythm to it the way she said it. No, just like Mama Ocean is spitting truth. Like, Absolutely spitting know, truth. Like I, I people who become it. weed heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just so perfect. I um, I also just yeah. Well, I mean, what I was saying is like like the music that plays in the background of that. It plays in the background of like the very end, which has like the beautiful like choppy audio, like interviews with mm-hmm. um, Odd Future mm-hmm. when they're young. And also, it's like the same music when the French dude is just like just talking about about Facebook, you know, his Facebook relationship. Yeah, um, you know, it, I guess it kind of reminded me of Butterfly, where it had like that consistent, um, you know, like with Kendrick, it was the kind of the poem that he, you know, increasingly reveals throughout the album. But like that music just kind of like tied it all together so beautifully. Absolutely, and I just remember being because it came out when I was in the Adirondack Mountains, and uh, I remember just the video for Nike's dropping and watching it and being like, "Dude is back!" And uh, it nobody sings like that, nobody writes lyrics like Frank Ocean does. They're they're it's it's wholly unique the way he because uh, uh, because Channel Orange is a lot of rich kid blues, but Frank he, he, it's it's more than that. That is putting it in, in a box that doesn't do it justice because when he starts saying let you guys prophesy we gonna see the future first and then he just starts just really starts spitting uh yeah. I, like no, no singer can spit like that and definitely no rapper can sing like that so and and there's very little drums on the whole album there's a couple of highlights which we will get to on songs and <laughs> I, I just don't think there's anybody else who could do it. And I think it completely surpassed my wildest expectations that I had it after Channel Orange. And I'm so happy about it. It was just so yeah. incredible. Uh, that's yeah. that's Those are our top five albums of the year. Do, do we want to do songs? Let's do songs. Let's do songs. Uh, 
you started with your number five album of 2016, uh, so I will start with my number five song of 2016. And my number five song of 2016 is Formation by Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's und- it's just undeniable because as soon as you hear those opening like synth stabs, you're just like, it's going down. This shit is going down. And uh, uh, when the vi- when the video came out and you, you start watching it and uh, uh, as soon as the it picks up a little bit and she's like, my daddy, Alabama, mama, Louisiana, and they're dancing in that mansion. You're like, I just want to like while out right now. And she says, yeah. Beyonce's always been one of the best in the biz at harmonizing with herself. So when she says, Texas, Bama, and then it just goes. Yeah. Uh, it's over, and then she has maybe her best line ever. I need, I like my Negro nose with Jackson Five nostrils. Yeah, just like one, utter, though. utter savagery. And uh, <laughs> I think the first minute and a half are might be the best, like minute and a half of any po- like po- chart topping pop song. Uh, I don't love the when he fuck me good, I'll take his ass to Red Lobster and and onward part of the song. But the video and the first two minutes are make it all worth it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't have a ton to add. Um, that song goes. That's uh, a- I was, I was pretty surprised to. Uh- to not see lemonade in your top five albums it uh was it was number six it was number six it was super super close uh i i I knew one of the sisters was gonna get in there yeah absolutely and uh the the even though i think for formation i actually wanted to ask you this jake and this is a good time to ask because we're we haven't totally dove into the songs yet did you find yourself uh, trying to decide your your favorite or the best, and what was the balance between trying to do both of those things, like selecting the best albums but also your favorites? Yeah, I mean, I I think when I like first did it, um, it was it was kind of like I I, I think I was thinking way too much about um, kind of what other people would think (laughs) yeah just like the the self-conscious um factored far too much into it um you mainly because also like i didn't you know i didn't want to have like all the songs you know be like from albums that i had already picked or vice versa right um but yeah i mean i i tried really hard to do favorites um but, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of times, like, you love songs, but you can't articulate why. It happens um, all the you time. You love albums, and you can't articulate why, as you can, you know, <laughs> just obviously tell, given my fucking rambling. Given both um, of our both of our ramblings. Yeah. Um, so, like, you want to pick songs and albums that you can kind of talk about. <laughs> and, like, there are some things, like, like, Blonde, like, I don't know, like, there are things I love about it, obviously, but it just fucking gets me. You know, like, yeah. There are songs I heard, and like, it made me think about like my childhood and shit, and like, you know, I can't, I can't articulate why that happened. I can't articulate, you know, why I loved, you know, some things about that album, but I did. I agree, and uh, it's it's almost a, a futile effort to talk about the things, but I have a lot of fun in trying, and. 
especially when you have to just sort of do it off dome like we are rather than writing it down in a blog post. I enjoy it. So what is your number five song of 2016? My number five song is Yesterday. No name. Oh, it was my number six. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. God, it's so good. So close. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the song is, is just gorgeous. You want to talk about shit that just gets you. Yeah, for real. And and I think this one I can actually, like, kind of clearly articulate why. Um, you know, it's it's such a fitting tribute for, you know, her friend. Is it her friend or her family member? I'm, I, be- I believe it's her friend. Um, who passed away and... You know, it's it's so beautifully composed, the music, and, you know, she is just so good at both singing and rapping in a way that would make her close friend Chance very proud. Um, very much so. You know, Chicago is very well represented on both of these lists. Um, it's because yeah. they, they keep just coming out with fucking fantastic music. Yeah. And uh, the her saying ch- uh, tr- uh, checking my Twitter page for something holier than Black Death always uh, sticks yeah. out to me. And the you're right. It's it's the entire album uh, Telephone is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous p- ten track like introduction to the world. And the drum when the drums kick in, the the combination of the drums and just that resolving chord progression. Underneath her, uh, underneath a really simple chorus, it's really there's not much to it. When the sun is going down and the dark is out to stay, I picture your smile like it was yesterday. It's just I don't know how a person could listen to that and not get moved. Honestly, I think it's also pretty bold to like name your single yesterday. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. You know, just like. Like yesterday is you know one of the most famous songs ever, ever. Period. And and like I think this is probably just because of like my preferences, but like when I search for like yesterday on like YouTube or Spotify, no name pops up, which I was like really shocked at, just given that you know it is the most you know it probably is the most famous song of the most famous band of all time. yeah. yeah, it's it's just perfect. It is perfect, and uh, a worthy uh, worthy to be mentioned alongside the Beatles' "Yesterday." And what is your number four song of 2016, Jake? <laughs> so my number four song um, is "Lockjaw" by no! French Montana. No, it's Lockjaw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. talk about that curveball, right? I love these number four curveballs. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it seems like a good place to put one in, right? Yes. You know, not at the tail end, but you know, not too, <laughs> not taking up too much of a big spot. Yes. Um. So, so Lockjaw is like one of like the ten singles that French Montana has released this year. Um, <laughs> yep. Without an album, because French Montana is a crazy person. Sipping on drink, sipping on drink. And this was obviously before you know Kodak got locked away forever. Um, so this was kind of in the, the beginning of 2016, but this song just bangs. <laughs> and, and I think like, you know, there's, you know, it has like a, it has a super catchy chorus. The beat goes ridiculous. I think French Montana is a really slept on rapper. Um, I think Kodak is average, um, but does a pretty good job on this song. Um, 
I, I also had this uh, this funny moment where I was actually I was seeing Danny Brown um, in Silver Spring a few months ago, and the first dude from Bruiser Brigade that was opening for him just did not get the crowd going at all. And like in in the intermission from the first dude to the second dude, they played this track, and people were like banging harder to this than the live performance. Oh man, they just went crazy for Lockjaw. They just went crazy for and, Lockjaw. And uh, I think Kodak Black is boosted by him having a good rap name. By the way, if if, if despite being an average rapper, and I think French Montana that and the Lisa Simpson haircut. It you know how many people could you say ha- legitimately have Lisa Simpson haircuts? Not many. Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lisa Simpson and Kodak Black. Uh, that's a great number four. Uh, my number four song of the year is, and it, it, it's funny. I was either gonna have yesterday be the number four song and just take this one out altogether, or have it here, and it's the that part remix. Uh, with Black Hippie, Schoolboy, J Rock, Absol, and Kendrick, and uh, I really enjoyed having this on the list because I was present for your first hearing of it uh, <laughs> when I visited in July. Because as soon as I heard it and listened to, because I really enjoyed the original that part uh, on Schoolboy's album Blank Face, and hearing Kanye saying "Okay" enough times to make you just be like, "Enough." Uh, okay but (laughs) it's still really fun but to go from that sort of mindless song to something where first of all Kendrick just just even by his standards even by Kendrick's standards comes out and doesn't breathe for 16 bars and talks about peeing on the PO's desk Uh, uh, like what and then to have to that that would probably be enough for it to be a top ten song, but then for Schoolboy Q to come out and just start talking about uh, Alton Sterling and Black Lives Matter and uh, talking about how Alton Sterling's friend or girlfriend who was in the car saying uh, who was filming yelling Black Lives Matter should have died with him. I'm like, gee, oh my lord, uh, just just the weight of that song, and that and that's not even necessarily a take that that. I or many people agree with. It's just Q didn't care. He was just gonna say what he needed to say. Uh, I, I I thought it was one of the coolest musical moments of 2016. Yeah, um, I mean, J Rock also I think has a great verse on that. Yeah, he he he, o- he opens the show. W- like which inevitably gets slept on. I mean, this is just like this is becoming laughable like how many verses that Kendrick spits that completely overshadow other great verses utterly like utterly laughable that will like forever be forgotten in history like you can make an album (laughs) of like just songs where Kendrick just steals people's work like that's that's intellectual property theft IP theft IP theft we should actually make just a compilation of just you know control with just Big Sean and Jay Electronica and the that part remix <laughs> yeah. without Kendrick it's, and like it's a good song like <laughs> like they're really good songs without it yeah it's just but, just, just none of it matters <laughs> but none of it matters um and and I, and I have to say that so so that part is also on my list and you'll you'll hear it soon um but I thought about leaving it out kind of on principle because I think solo is just completely on a downward trajectory 
and hmm. I am no longer like excited about his future work, mainly because all of his verses just talk about how excited people are about the album that hasn't dropped yet, huh. and it's starting to frustrate me. I mean that that combined like so I was listening to this on the way home from work today because I, I listened to all my top five on the way home from work today. Ditto. Not that um, I not that I worked. <laughs> yeah. And uh and fucking um like you know, like Kendrick verse you know, goes ridiculous and I was like vibing so hard and then I just like realized that I just completely checked out and then Q comes back in so hard. So like, hard. And it was like it was almost like oh there was like a one minute interlude that like I don't remember, and that's because like I just don't think Q is that good, uh, honestly. I, I don't think he's that good. You I mean solo? Like, do you mean solo or Q? Yes, yes, I do. My bad. Okay. Um, I think he's just obviously become like the weak link in in Black Hippie, and like honestly the fucking Tupac comparisons, like shut the fuck up. <laughs> like you do not smell Tupac Thing, things I did not expect to happen on this podcast you ethering Absol <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know just like, like I think if he if he was just him like without like the constant the constant building himself up and like talking about how like excited people are for like the album that never comes out like you know how annoying or annoyed we'd be at Frank Ocean Right. If yes, like, we'd be very annoyed. Wolves, he was just like, "I bet you want Blonde to come out." We'd just be like, "Shut the fuck up!" Instead, he like, had, dro- like, in- drop it or don't. Instead, he had 30, 38 seconds of utter beauty at the end of Wolves. <laughs> right, and we loved him for it. Uh, I think that that is a lot for the that, that part remix. I will get to the number three song, which is something we touched on earlier. My number three song of twenty sixteen is "How Great." Uh, from Coloring Book, J- uh, Chance, Ch- Ch- Chance, and Jay Electronica. Uh, my, we will talk about Chance's verse, but my favorite moment, uh, and there have been a lot of great uses of silence in albums this year. A, a ton of great, a ton of great uses of silence, but the the moment where uh, Chance ends his verse by saying, "I used to hide from God," ducked down in the slums like. Shh, and then there's just like three seconds of, of silence and then Jay Electronica comes back in by going, I was lost in the jungle like Simba after the death of Mufasa. And that, no, <laughs> no hog, no meerkat. It's, it's just, so it's just so unbelievable. The first time I listened to that, I may, I might've been, you know, under the influence of some herbs and, uh, just, just put my head in my hands and started laughing. Just, just, just started laughing at how, awesome it was for uh, him to like for a chance to hand it off like that and the two of them both go uh, a zillion miles an hour and I'll never forget chance saying any petty Peter Pettigrew could get the pesticide because I'm a sucker for because I'm a sucker for alliteration uh, yeah. but it also is worth noting that the dude was just like yeah we're gonna have a three minute gospel intro to this track yeah yeah no that shit's outrageous uh do you got anything to add on how great? Um, the only thing I'd add is like the one thing that peeves me just a little bit. I know I'm like becoming like no, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Grumpy cynic um, is. I mean, yeah, I agree that Chance's verse is outrageous. Um, it might be one of my favorite verses of the year. But his line when he's like, 
I don't believe in science. I believe in signs. Yeah. That just, that just bugs me, man. <laughs> I, I just like, like the inner, the inner, like fucking, I don't, I don't know if it's just like the, the inner atheist in me or, or not. It's just like, Chano, you believe in science, bro. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You don't believe in science. I know you do. Yeah. Usually chan- chan- chances, uh, odes to religion usually don't, uh, uh bleed into, sort of him stepping on any toes that that might be one of the rare times where he like takes it like one half step too far but we still absolutely love that song and recommend it and and, and like honestly like that's such like a silly critique that fucking verse is beautiful and amazing and i love it spit a spotify to qualify a spot on his side anyway uh what is your number three song of 2016 jake (sighs) <sighs> Sorry, um, <laughs> number three song. <laughs> Sorry, my number three song is the the opening track to the Life of Pablo Ultralight Beat. No! <laughs> oh! Should be higher, huh? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying I have it higher on this list or anything, but yeah. it's your number three song of the year. And uh, what do you love about it? Everything. This is everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's the intro to you know, the most anticipated album um, for me in, in a couple years. Um, you know, Chance has this, this gorgeous, beautiful verse. Um, you know, Kanye um, composes, you know, this, this gorgeous track with, you know, great features by Kelly Price. Um the dream and the dream and Kirk Franklin and Kirk Franklin. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just church music it's, and it's gorgeous. And it's exactly why, you know, all of us fell in love with you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, you know, it is for sure the, per, you know, the proverbial torch passing to, yes. to chance. Um, I, I think, you know, well, no, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, and it's best articulated by the SNL performance. Yes, um, yes. Even without that, you know, it's it's this is the best song on the album, the best beat on the album, and I'm not gonna have a verse on it, but Chano will. Yes, and for uh, another track that uses silence, by the way, it's like thirty percent silence. That track, really? Yeah, uh, which is incredible, and I think that uh, not just this that those two minutes for where because i think kelly price and chance i think from the beginning of kelly price to the end of chance is the peak of music in 2016 and uh the the live version of that where the choir in the background uh uh gets hype during the snl performance when chance uh uh does the and he does his uh you know what God said when he made the first rainbow to throw this at the end if I'm too late for the intro uh and then the oh. whole the whole you can hear the people in the choir going hey 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 ah uh, and they all sort of like dip and snap to uh when he's saying I'm just having fun with it and it 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 and Kanye is like arm in arm with the dream just just wiling out it's yeah. I, I it, it's everything it is absolutely everything, and it's yeah. what I'm going to remember first about music in 2016. So yeah, it might be on my list somewhere. That's uh, <laughs> um, exciting. That's your number three song of 2016. It's so good. It also uh, is probably Ye's best album opener, which is an incredible 
list of seven songs. Mm. We don't yeah, we 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 don't care. Heard him say <laughs> good morning. Uh, say you will. Dark, Dark fantasy, fantasy on site. Ultralight beam. <laughs> I got a soft spot for Dark Fantasy, but, but Ultralight might be there. It's better. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what Jake, what is your number two song of 2016? My number two song has been uh, has been widely discussed in this podcast. It's the That Part remix. Yeah. Love it. So that is widely discussed. So we will, we will leave yes. it at that. My... And then the only two songs that uh, there's only one song that we haven't left discussed because my number I spoiled ultralight because you spoiled ultralight. So spoiler <laughs> alert, spoiler alert, ultralight theme was my number one song of 2016, which means that the only thing left is my number two song and your number one song. And they're the same song. So before we get to that said song, I wanted to run through, have us both run through some honorable mentions. Do you have some honorable mentions of songs that you didn't make your list that you had to cut off? Yeah, but like there's a finite amount of time in the world, you know? So you're saying I should get on on with it? Not, not like in a snarky way. It's just like, you know, there's probably, you know, six tracks from the tribe album and, you know, four from blank face and, just lots, just lots. There was lots of good music. Uh, I I had a hard time leaving broccoli off this list. I had a hard time. Uh, a cash machine did inhabit a spot there for a little bit. Cash machine is so good. It's so good. it's so good. I just really wanted Drum to be represented in any way, either on the album, because Drum had a good album. That, yeah, Big Baby Drum's a good album. Yes. I mean, doesn't really touch the top five, but that says nothing about how good that album was. Shouts to Drum, who I still think he might have the biggest mouth on planet Earth. <laughs> I think he does. But yeah. th- there were there were so many songs that you know, uh, "Dang," Mac Miller and Anderson Park, uh, Stra- "Strafford Apartments" by Bon Iver, "Really Doe" by Danny Brown, Kendrick, and Absol, uh, "Sex with Me" by Rihanna, "Drippin'" by Young Thug. Really, any Young Thug song. <laughs> Did you? Uh, digits. Yeah. Uh, we run into dinner. We run into money. Uh, so we'll get to it. My number two song of the year. Also, we've cr- we've officially uh, crossed the hour mark. This is the first podcast I've recorded that's gone over an hour. So, hey. congrats to us. Uh, y- your number one song of the year and my number two song of the year is "Self Control" by Frank Ocean from Blondes. And I. I wanted to, because for me, it when I knew that I had to choose a song from Blondes, and this was always my favorite, even though I think Solo might be the best song on Blondes. Self Control is is my favorite. Was was that was it ever gonna be anything else other than Self Control from Blondes? No. And why is this your number one song, and why do you love it so much? Um, I mean, I, I think part of it is that. You know, in a lot of ways, it's it's a couple songs meshed into one. Even though you know it's only it's only like four and a half minutes, right? Yep, it's not too long. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it. I, you know, I th- I love the intro. You know, like the little high. Oh my god! That, the the when the when the pit because uh, it's the high pitched voice, but when it specifically goes, do we have time? 
is right. uh, one of my one of my favorite random things that happened on any album. But uh, well, yeah. It, it, do we have time? And then like effortlessly transitions to the first like guitar smack. Yes. To, to the most like groovy fucking riff, which lasts for like a few seconds before Frank just comes in and starts I, melting people. If 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 I were of the female persuasion. I would melt into goo when I I still almost do when <laughs> when Frank says I'll be the boyfriend in your wet dreams tonight like forget about it what dude is dude is just on his game and I uh, immediately st- uh, when I discussed it with friends I was like how many crappy open mic like guitar covers of self control are there gonna be oh, God, <laughs> I, I haven't thought about that I'm <laughs> that you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody else could could do that and, and um especially when he does the second verse and he just hold, he has that run when he says and you made me lose my self control he just connects all those God. words together uh yeah. it's just utter filth and he has uh that that other vocalist sing uh keep a place for me which is and it's it's such an emotional young lean, young lean. he has young lean say uh, I'll sleep between y'all. It's no thing, and it's su- it's really poignant. Uh, yeah. And then it's it's uh, has this. I, I don't even know what is it a vocal solo? Is it a guitar? It's a vocal solo, right? I think that, it's a vocal solo. I've I've gotten into uh, a few drunken scuffles over this. But <laughs> <laughs> whether I'm, it's I'm, like I'm, a, I'm convinced that Frank just does what he does, and someone put distortion over it. Yeah, I I, I agree just because. Also because that story makes Frank even more talented than people <laughs> thought he was, and, and that works for me. And uh, and then it goes into probably just the best piece of self layered vocals that that just just the best minute and a half. If you if you lay back and close your eyes, that shit takes you places. The last minute and a half of that song. Uh, yeah. I, I I hardly even know what to say about it. Can you articulate your thoughts about that last minute and a half? I mean, I'm just going to say I definitely didn't cry in the middle of a work day this summer <laughs> while listening to it. That definitely didn't happen. I didn't have to leave my office. Oh, my God. And pretend that I wasn't crying. <laughs> uh, the, the, when, because it's, it's beautiful and it's, you just think, I just think of just streaming sunsets and it being gorgeous out. Like it, the, the, the temperature in the room goes up a few degrees when I'm listening to that song. Uh, and when it comes, when it comes back in again, when he starts harmonizing and it's like five Franks all at once, you're just like, you're just like, well, 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 fuck you, Frank. (laughs) I remember in high school, like I, I went through a really big grateful dead phase and there was this song on one of their like pretty obscure live albums where they're like in this mi- in the middle of this like 30 minute like acid infused jam and for just like 20 seconds they just come together in this way that like i remember when i was listening to it i felt like i felt religious like i felt like they just played like the same amount of notes at the right time and like a portal was open just for a little bit and that's kind of how I feel <laughs> at the end of self-control is that he just kind of hit the right notes in a way that, you know, transported him to to this level that that I hadn't seen in a while. 
Yeah, it's it's it. I'm definitely not exaggerating either. Definitely not. Definitely not. Frank Ocean is the Messiah. <laughs> uh, Jake, we did it. Hey. Holy crap, we did it. That was a massive undertaking, especially for only doing five albums and songs each. I'm very glad we didn't do a top ten because, you know, the two right? listener, the two listeners who are still listening are like, Jesus, guys. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on and going through the, the, the turmoil of making these lists. Uh, it, it was a, a great year for music in 2016, which it needed to be because of all the other shit that happened. And yeah. uh, thank you to all the artists who made 2016 uh, a fantastic musical year. Jake, say bye to the people. Well, can I just say one thing really quick before I head out? Absolutely. Well, so I mean, I've I've been like really interested, um, you know, speaking, you know, about music, and you know, I, I've really been into music, um, just like for the past couple of weeks in like depression era America. So this is like late thirties or kind of like mid thirties, like late twenties, um, like primarily based around New York, and it was like a really interesting time for music because the world was changing in a lot of really interesting ways. Um, and you can, like, hear it in the music. Like, you know, genres was, were kind of evolving, and, like, there was, you know, there was excitement, but there was also kind of this fear of what was coming next that was kind of really ever-present in a lot of the music. You know, there was a lot of music made about, you know, the world, you know, not making sense anymore, and, you know, all these kind of old norms erasing in kind of a new world you know, coming, and I don't know, I mean, I'm really curious about, you know, the music that we're going to see in 2017, because I think, you know, we're at this kind of apex in world history, and and I think music, you know, is, yeah, and, you know, you, you can hear it, you know, you can hear it, you know, in the 60s, when you, you think about the cultural revolution in this country, you can hear it, you know, in the era that I talked about previously, and... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for what we hear in 2017 because, you know, we're all gonna need music, you know, for whatever's coming next. So, big time, and uh, I'm glad that I've got uh, you here to discuss it with me. Hopefully, you'll be back, uh, not just to discuss music, but perhaps uh, before the end of the year to talk about sports moments or something to that effect. I there, there's nobody I'd rather shoot the shit with the new Jake and thank you so much for coming on to the podcast man uh, is it appropriate to ask you to say bye to the people now absolutely um, bye people I love you very much love you H <laughs> love you too Jake uh, this for oh what housekeeping you can listen to all episodes of Fighting Fire with Fire the AJ Rose Show at soundcloud.com slash fighting fire with fire like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the AJ Rose Show tweet at us at the AJ Rose Show Email us, ajroshow at gmail.com, and uh, drop us a line and say hi. Uh, for Jake Kinder, I'm AJ Rose, and we will see you guys next time. So long. Peace.